Thanks very much for tuning in today. I'm with Brad Askew, who is the author of this book here, Life Pivot. So if you have not yet seen it on Amazon, it is on Amazon right now. Um, I'm actually about 40% of the way through this uh, book as I record this video, but by the time you see this, I probably would have finished it. So Brad and I have not rehearsed this at all, which I actually quite like, but that, that just appeals to my personality type, which is something we're going to be diving into in the book. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, Brad, a series of questions, and you've got to be as like I don't know, as real honest. and honest as you possibly can be, knowing the fact that we are on camera, and that's actually quite. Amazing. As I've not rehearsed, I yeah, don't think, well, I don't think I've got a choice, do I? But um, yeah, yeah, that's probably the best way. Yeah. So, so um, just for the audience tuning in now, so Brad Askew um, is a former lawyer and then turned entrepreneur. So rather than me giving you a very kind of half-baked summary of what you've done in your life and where you're at now would it be okay if we just kind of ran through your journey over the last maybe 10 years sure. as a kind of a backdrop to people who may not know you so go sure. for it um well i started off i qualified as a solicitor in the uh in about 2001 i think i qualified in a national law firm here in bristol uh, the best city in in the world i i, I would say um doing civil and commercial uh, litigation and went brilliantly awesome people i'm still really good friends with so many of them uh, friends for life many of them and in 2007 i was sitting down with a friend at the top of uh, corn street the cobbly one and uh, a, fr a friend of mine who was in doing a comparison site online for finance just said well who's doing this for law you know the law was disrupting things you know so you, it was even though at the time I felt quite late in the whole tech tech run, you know, Google had happened, it 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 had it was all moving quickly. But actually, in the age of comparison sites, you could buy your car insurance online, no one had actually liberalized it for law. Um, lawyers were starting to adopt email. And so there certainly wasn't any, you know, it I read a book called What Would Google Do? And yeah, I was gonna ask you about that. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a and it's not about anything we're talking about today, but it was basically, it just made me curious. It said, how on earth did Google become what it is today, which is like 86% of searches online and they own YouTube, which might actually come up later because they had a pivot. They started off as a dating website. Now I have a billion people here watching videos. Um, how did they beat Yahoo, who were the biggest Instagram mm. brands, and how did they beat Microsoft, who had all the money in the world? Mm. And the answer was through servant leadership. Just help people. Start with the customer work package. Just serve, serve, give it away. So, so I had that thought, oh, maybe I should do that in law. So my company, Everything Legal, was started in 2007. That was my first pivot um, in my career. And I built a rather a large website. And that... Yeah, it grew into something quite big. And in about 2011, and the goal was to help people find the right legal advice. Mm. Uh, law firms are brilliant at, you know, when, when you have an actionable case against a neighbor or an employer or a personal injury, or you need to restructure a company and do a share restructure, lawyers are worth their weight in gold. The mm. value they add, many of the people watching this video will probably be lawyers and say, yeah, actually we're valuable. <laughs> and they are. But there is a large number of people who actually don't need a lawyer, and the lawyers don't want them because they right. don't—they don't have a claim. 
They just need help, information, guidance. They need a hand on the shoulder through the internet to say, mm. um, go here, go there. Yeah. And, um, so the goal was, how do I just create a, a platform to help people find the right legal mm. advice? Yeah, yeah. And so that was 2007. It grew over a period of four years to a significant number of people, uh, 9,000 web pages, just putting law online, legal documents, you name it. And, and then that we said, if you need a solicitor, go here or there, and then mm. people fill in the form and end up um, with a solicitor. Yeah. And if, if they needed one, many, many didn't actually need a solicitor, but we offered that service. And in 2011, that was taken over by a large legal insurance company based here in Bristol, uh, who were and are formidable in their area, had a large market share, helping major banks and, and, and brokers with legal insurance. And so that was taken over and I stayed on for a while and after a little while it became clear that as an entrepreneur in a big machine, it's they are awesome at doing scale. Mm. And as an entrepreneur, I like to, like you does, come up with three new ideas after my breakfast. And, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, so on a bad day, yeah. So I, I think I was making everyone around me seasick. And I think I, I, was, I, was, I was getting a, a bit seasick as well. Um, yeah. And so there came a time so that there was a pivot there where I just had a, had a chat with my boss and just said, actually, you know, I'm here in Bristol. You guys run with it. Call me if you need me. Yeah. And um, at that point, I took a sabbatical, well-earned, I think. I think I was prob probably more tired than I realized. It's Startups are a tiring affair, mm. changing, pivoting every week, learning, mm. um, trying to take people on the journey with you. A massive learning curve for me. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I was a lawyer. I'd, I'd not been on a, an MBA business course or something. Yeah, you so, just learn by doing, basically. I, I, I try to watch mm. Dragon's Den to see if Peter Jones could explain some things to me. But uh, that, 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 that was my journey, and it took some time out. And, I, and after that, I did a number of small startups. I got involved in a number of charities, a lot of mentoring, which is my real passion, uh, which is just help, helping people flourish, mm. which although we've got here, it took me a while to get to life pivot. Mm. But I think this has been informed by spending... As, as you know, countless hours with people, mm. just hearing the real stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which can be complicated. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and very yeah. nuanced as well, which I think you do pick up off in the book. Um, one yeah. thing I wanted to ask you about, yeah. so your first pivot um, mm. back in 2007, yep. was it, when you started everything yep. illegal? Yes. What caused you to kind of even like grab hold of that idea? Were you, did, were you perhaps subconsciously already looking for something a bit different or, or were you with that self-aware at that point or were you just kind of going along with it i'm just interested to know it, i think i think it's a, a great question in hindsight i must have been mad because <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know the stats four out of five startups fail in year one mm. and only half of them will exist in five years time so that's yeah. a one in ten hit rate and that assumes you vaguely know what you're doing right and yeah. i didn't so um why did i do <laughs> I think looking around at my colleagues, many of them who I am still in touch with, they were exceptional lawyers and mm. they loved their craft. Right. And they, you do pick up on that in the book, actually. So just for people watching, that uh, Brad does, does actually mention that there is there was this kind of gap. So yeah, mm. go, carry yeah, on. Yeah, no, I'm where I... They look forward to the Times Law reports coming out on, I think it's Thursday, and they were read. oh, did you see the latest court of right. appeal case? So they were really, really into it. And so yeah. they should. Yeah. And yeah. 
I really enjoyed the team, and I think I was good at that. I had a great relationship with my bosses because I was responsible. I was diligent. I did work hard. I did mm. try and do my best, and I did put my head up when I didn't know what I was doing, which made their lives hopefully a bit easier. And but I, I was just very aware that there are I had flourishing in the first seven or eight years of law was great, mm. but in order to flourish in the next 30 you need you need, you really need to be passionate about right you need to dig deep and really. but, but there was no enmity i didn't hate it no no i i really enjoyed it. i loved yeah. the advocacy mm. i really enjoyed helping clients because mm. as a lawyer you have the power to really help people yeah by getting orders, difference. orders from mm. from court from the court yeah the helper in me was was mm. was being expressed in that being able yeah. to uh whether it was civil or i was doing the commercial litigation of the of smaller scale but i, I was able to people fix problems mm. which is did it for me but um there was that and the other thing is i'm i'm very creative right. I, I, I've, I've since realized and so i love the formation of new ideas i really enjoy sitting down with people coming up with new thoughts that we haven't thought before yeah and putting that together with that mm. and of course in law there are certain aspects which are unbelievably creative, but a lot of it is what does the Consumer Rights Act say? What does what does the right. what does the Partnership Act eighteen ninety say? And you can't really re rethink that. That's, right. that. that's for the higher court to do. Right, I mean, <laughs> and and so I wasn't expressing that, mm. and so I had friends who were working in the digital revolution, and I was always a little bit jealous, thinking, hey, that that that. that <laughs> That looks fun, right? Yeah. That that looks really fun. It looks. I can see the ability to influence. Yeah. yeah so, so it was a bunch of of um, things like that that caused caused me to want to pivot. So you so just to recap, then you got to two thousand eleven and you sold that everything legal mm. to a much bigger entity, and then you said about you know, you were just saying how the, the sort of the digital space attracted you. Is that is that is that kind of where you pivoted to next, or did you did you kind of like you said you took a sabbatical, mm. for example? <clears throat> Yeah, um, so tell and, me more about and so, that. And uh, so, an, an, an old person mentors me, very wise. He was saying, take six months out just to really process, to have a think, mm. to reflect. I've got three three young children, and so take that opportunity to really not rush into the next thing, which is which right. is the danger. And I think I allude to that a, a bit in yeah. here. So actually, we went down to South Africa for about four months. I was born there originally. We were in Cape Town. Uh, we went up to White River, spent some time with an organization called Hands at Work, mm. who are mentioned in the book as well. Unbelievable organization, charity. And within in that period of time, I got to connect with a number of entrepreneurs who were in the social sector, people who were how do you how do you do the entrepreneurial thing uh, in a way that really builds solves social problems. You know, I read mm. a book called Power of Unreasonable People. How you know the reasonable man adjusts himself to the situation he finds himself in. Mm. The unreasonable person uh, tries to change the world to fit their view. Right. <laughs> and and I met a bunch of unreasonable entrepreneurs mm. who were trying to change the world through yeah. through their ideas and mm. using capitalism and entrepreneurship um, to come up with new models for job creation in the new South Africa. And what what one friend of mine. Set up an organization training entrepreneurs, training about two and a half thousand a year. And on average, was growing that turnover by 50% by connecting them with a mentor, 
you know, there's really incredible stuff. Yeah. So, and in the book, I think I'm, I, I do mention I knocked, I went into lots of cul-de-sacs, not wasted journeys, but I, every one of them was, oh, could this be my next thing? Right. Could this be my next thing? Spend time with a charity. Think, oh, this is amazing. I could, I love the people. I could totally give my life to this. But then I wouldn't be able to do the entrepreneurial thing because my visa wouldn't allow me to. Right. And so we even met up with visa people in South Africa saying, okay, which visa could I get? And mm. and, and so during that time, we, we knocked on a lot of doors mm. just, to, just to ask open-ended questions. Yeah. You know, rather than just saying, well, let's do this or do that, which I think is the risk in that mm. situation. Yeah. So that transitions very nicely, perhaps more mm. into the book, because... um. In my reading of it so far, um, just, just for those of you joining us, uh, what I'm doing is I'm just chatting with Brad Askew, who's the author of Life Pivot, which really this book does what it says on the tin. And I immediately got the idea. Brad showed this book to me not that long ago, and I purchased it just a few days ago, and I'm 40% of the way through. And it's been a surprisingly meaty book, especially since Brad has never written a book before. Um, I really um, am pleasantly surprised how much I'm finding this challenging. And I always think that's a really good thing. So just sort of pivoting into the book then, um, you you mentioned about, um, the, like you just touched on that just now, about how you couldn't get a visa to be able to enable you to do that. And you mentioned in the book how there are nece- there are just constraints that surround us that do kind of provide a, a, a boundary from within which we might be able to operate our ideas or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing you mentioned, you mentioned several times in this conversation about the role of mentors. Mm-hmm. So if somebody doesn't have mentors and they're not that self-aware, they've got a crazy idea mm-hmm. about what they want to do in their life that is different to what they're doing mm-hmm. right now, what sort of simple steps could they take to kind of get the equivalent of mentors, people to be able to, um, I suppose point out a few things that might not be obvious to themselves. Mm. I mean, what yeah. you know, so, yeah, explore that yeah, with me. Um, I, I think there's a, an African proverb. Well, I know there is because it's in the book. There's an African <laughs> proverb which says, "If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together." Right. And we live in a radically individualistic world where everyone has their own everything. You watch what you want when you want on Netflix. You. Mm-hmm. Pay on demand, absolutely everything. You go to whichever gym you want. So a lot of people find themselves to be islands, and mm. we're not. Uh, we're not. We need other people. Mm. And so harnessing relationships. I talk a lot about mentors, but equally friendship, peer mentoring from friends who we respect, as long as they are friends who will speak truth truthfully to us. Right. Yeah. You don't want. You don't want. You don't necessarily. Tell us what we want to hear, but tell no. us what we need to hear, no. but in a kind way. I'm Absolutely. Yeah. And another real proverb from mm. the Bible this time is the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. Right. And, and so sometimes people will just say, go for it. Um, you can do anything. And that's not true. <laughs> it's not true. Um, yeah. It will make people click. <laughs> it's not true. Mm. Um, we are all brilliantly unique. So in the book, I... The tagline, how do I answer the question, what should I do with the rest of my life? I, I was having a conversation just the other night with a, a few friends. We had a curry together, and one of them, a GP, was, and another guy was saying, actually, the mental health of our nation is at an all-time low. Mm. And he was reflecting on the fact that there is a cultural narrative of what the good life is, which 
is creating a uniformity where people are all becoming this, molding into this narrative of what it looks like to be successful. And that is the thing that makes people say, so-and-so, they've done well. But that cultural narrative will be different in every country. In our country, it's very economic. It right. often means nice house, car, international holiday. Mm. Um, yeah, where do you go on holiday this Where do you, yeah, where, yeah, where, yeah. Where you go on a holiday? Yeah. And, yeah. and those things are not all wrong, but they, they miss the unique diversity we all have. Mm. And so when people have this question, there, there was that Gallup poll in 2013, which says that about 87% of people are not emotionally engaged with their work. And it doesn't mean they hate it, but it's a function. Right. Serves a, serves a purpose to and put it does, on the It table. doesn't come from here. Right. And their LinkedIn profile enables them to do it. They have the skills, but they're not expressing all of them. And so the, the question I had in writing this book is, well, why is that the case? How did we get there? And I suspect it's because we're, we all follow, in the first half of our life, we follow scripts, which are given by parents, uh, by teachers, by, for many, religious leaders, by, by anyone we respect. Right. And, and they're not all bad. They're mm. scaffolding for life. Yeah. But we go down those and we collect experiences, and, but we can end up being successful at those scripts and ending up somewhere away from who we are. So the right. things we love as a child, mm. you end up becoming successful at something you didn't love as a child. And, you, and some people are, and, and big bucks. And so that is how that happens. And so, so the, it's called life pivot. The, the pivot, I'm saying this, Des does not need to know this, but pivot is an entrepreneurial term. Uh, for a startup, you start up an idea with a set of assumptions which are true or false. And the entrepreneur's job is to release the idea into the wild as quickly as possible with a minimum viable product yeah. and rapidly learn, gather data mm. on whether those assumptions are true or false. And as soon as possible, you pivot mm. in line with reality. Yeah. So YouTube, we said earlier, used to be a dating website. Uh, Who knew? I didn't know that until you mentioned yeah, it to me. It, it, it a dating website. And they realized that people were not putting up profiles about what lovely gentlemen they were, they were putting up videos of cats. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's now getting a billion a billion users a year. It's it's the set world's second biggest search engine. And they pivoted. So my working thesis is, is that we set start off in life with a set of assumptions which are probably great. They're not wrong. You have to you have to start somewhere. You have you? to get the miles yeah. on the clock to get right. the experiences. And right. by there comes a certain age, I it will be different from for everyone. Yeah. But let's assume between thirty-five and fifty-five, mm. where you have enough experience and data to actually pause mm. and reflect on that. So, so in the book, I the tools I look at are, are there are five of them, and 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 I'm I have zero academic qualifications to write this book. Okay, I'm not a career counselor. I'm not a, not a psychotherapist. I'm not. Uh, counsellor, um, I, I, I mentor people, I'm, 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 I'm very involved with lots of people, um, but I've struggled with this, so that's why I've gone deep, and mm. you're saying it's meaty and helpful, it's brilliant, <laughs> I, I feel the pain, I want people who are asking that question to know mm. there is hope and they can 
discover their uh, design again. And so the five things are, what are you uniquely gifted or capable at? And that won't be our skills necessarily. Mm. There'll be just something about us that we just do on autopilot. We don't even know we do it. Right. Mm. It's a blind spot in a positive way. We might yeah. not realize how good we are. Yeah, we need almost other people to point at that to you us. Because I remember you actually said in the book that uh, there are some things that you were doing that that you you didn't think were worth anything, but actually they were they were incredibly unique, but you just thought they were almost, mm. well, everyone could do that, but not everyone can, you know. And we yeah. We don't, we're not aware of it because it happens on autopilot mm. and we're not aware of it because it doesn't take much energy. We're actually right. energized by it. Right. And so, so, for example, I know someone who can walk into a room, there can be 20 people there and just by absorbing signals, mm. body language, they just know who's had a horrible week and who they need to go sit next to. Right. And, and it's just like that, you know, without I mean, that, thinking. That, that is, mm. that is incredible. Mm. Well, do they know that? Right. So, so, so capabilities, what is it that makes us just uniquely capable or gifted, our passions? Mm. What is it we passionate us about? And most people can't answer those questions. What are you good at? What are you passionate us about? Or, or rather, let me rephrase that. They can answer us in under 10 seconds, but then the people who know them really well, their family or friends who've observed them, say, I know you say you're passionate about that, but you don't talk about it much. Right. Really? Right. Well, do you watch films on that? Do you buy books on that subject? Or you know, and the reason for that is the script. When we do more and more of the things that gain us approval from people we respect. So there's this positive feedback loop. We do more and more of those things. Right. Whereas if you were to, and in the book I, I say, what are you passionate about? Asking friends when, and you, in this way you need good friends who will tell you things mm. uh, that could even be unpopular, <laughs> could even make it weird, where you say to them, when, when have we been talking or when have you observed me where I've actually leant forward, mm. I've sat up right, I've started skipping words because I'm yeah, speaking to get so quickly, quickly. Yeah, yeah. and that passion could even be anger, you know, frustration, mm. humanitarian organisations are birthed not out of this warmth, but out of a chilling, this is not okay, mm. I'm going to, I cannot live my life normally, now I know this. Yeah. Um, so when have you seen me like that? So anyway, that's passions. Um, the third one you mentioned is weaknesses and limitations. Mm. Weaknesses are the internal flaws about us, I'm sorry mm. to say. This is my favorite chapter, by the way, because no one ever writes about it. It's, fa it's fascinating because I, I, as a result of going through this book, uh, and this might be yeah. something for you as the as the viewer, um, I highly recommend you do what I didn't do, which is, as I read through the weaknesses chapter, I found myself skim reading it because I didn't want to face the questions. And that's yeah. very interesting. It, you know, I, I wanted to get onto the, the nice <laughs> bit, you know. But but after I read it, I thought, oh, I really need to go back to that chapter. You know, I really need to go back to that I, chapter. I, I found it the most empowering. It was a, from a, a chap called Parker Palmer, who an elderly lady spoke to him, a wise person, and was just saying that when you look at the landscape of your life, there are doors that have closed. There are things that haven't happened. There are negative themes that exist. And they're just as they, the issue is, are they true? Okay. And, but in our world, it's all about breaking your back and climbing Everest, overcoming, walking right. on water. Right. Um, you can do it, which is awesome. Mm. But the reality for all of us is there are weaknesses. We, 
we have. And the reason it's important is the flip side of those weaknesses are strengths. Yeah. So unless we know where those weaknesses are, and, and much like under this tablecloth, there is wood. If you mm. go against the grain, you will get splinters. Yeah. And so often people are doing jobs or work. And by jobs, this, this book isn't about jobs. It's about what we do. Um, and that could be for charity. It could be with people. It, it, it could be a whole range of things. Right. For not just about career no, or anything. No, no. It's, it's really, it really is very um, much it, about it, our life. It's about yeah. career because people have mortgages. So, yeah, yeah the practicality has mm. come into it. But it, it's about what we're going to do. Um, and so a weakness that causes friction, it could be actually a very weakness. Um, you take that and put it in a different context. Can you fly? So, and I, and I mentioned I'm quite a sensitive chap. I I care what people think. I um, and in certain situations that can cause friction for me mm. because I, I'm not very good at the doggy dog world tug of war. Mm. You know, for me, I, I want relationships to be front right. and center. But that does can cause friction. But actually, if if you take that thing, which can be a weakness in any number of scenarios. And you put it in a people-centric place, like 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 even this helping mm. people flourish. Mm. And that's I could fly. That's yeah. amazing because yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a, that, that's not something I've heard before. Interestingly, about about changing the context of, rather than yourself. Yeah, yeah. That, that is I don't know that I don't know how long that took you to kind of maybe just click, but that, I found that extremely helpful. Um, and and I'm sure I, I've I've learned. I'm a sponge. I've absorbed this right from from yeah. this guy Parker Palmer. I I reference them in the book. They go away and read books from a Franciscan monk. There's millennia of thought around um, true self and and the various things we put over ourselves because we're afraid for, for mm. one deep reasons. It's an intersection of philosophy and careers and mm. there's a whole lot of things. But weaknesses, limitations as the external, that's the third. So weakness and limitations are one, internal and external. I've got three young kids moving to Botswana and talking to hippos. Sounds fantastic, but that would be quite selfish now, wouldn't it? Yeah. And that's where we also need friends to say, don't be selfish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, uh, or, or get practical. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, maybe that's for another season, they might right. say. Uh, the fourth one, really interesting, and it is personality. Uh, we all have a base, unique, basic personality type. And the reason that's important, and we know what it is, we cannot change it. Mm. Whether it's nature or nurture, it's yeah. like concrete by the age of four. It, it, it is funny you should say this, because I went, um, I had some very difficult family situation happen to me recently, and I went back home, and I was in a shop with my dad, and this this you know, lady, probably my age, so he looked at me and said, you're Des Futak, aren't you? And I said, yes, I am. I was like slightly shocked. And she said, you know, I heard you at the back of the shop. You haven't changed a bit. And, and actually, I felt really pleased to hear that. You know, some people yeah. think, oh, what do you mean I haven't changed? Of course I've changed. But actually, I thought, I'm glad I feel the same. Mm. Um, she, she, just from picking up on the little yeah. snapshot of who I am, she felt I was still the same person. And I'm kind of glad about that. You know, but it, it's fascinating because I... I, I've always, I mean, you, you kind of get, you you also do, a, sorry to digress here a bit, but you also deep dive into the book about what personality really means. You, you gave a really very challenging quote about, you know, and you said actually in the book, you, you need to read this a few times um, about what personality is. I can't remember which page it's on now. I'm, 
I'm yeah. about 40% of the way through the book at, at the time I'm making this video. So, um, but anyway, if we can't find it, you need to get the book uh, and actually find this definition of personality. There, there are. Yeah, because it is really, really uh, fascinating. Yeah, sooner or yeah. later, we must distinguish between what we are mm. not and what we are. Yeah. And I think because from an early age, okay, I think that the deep one you, you, you're meaning is the, so I reference Enneagram theory. Mm -hmm. And there, I'm not a human resources professional either, no. I'm, I'm not, <laughs> but I've absorbed yeah. all the helpful. And I know there's Myers-Briggs, anyone who's worked has probably done that, there's this other one. But Enneagram theory, I found particularly helpful because it, I think it has nine different types of personality type. And there are online tests at Enneagram Institutes which you can go on and do the test. And I did it. Hazel, my wife, did it. I've got friends who've done it, and it is quite scary. <laughs> it comes up. Some people are a combination of things. Yeah. But when you look at like, yeah, that is totally me. And it also says, and here are the places, the weaknesses. Right. This is where you are not going to be very healthy. If X, Y, and Z. And when I look at those, those are all the things that irritate me. Yeah, yeah. Completely. And so the thing that is helpful is it doesn't portray people as being good or bad. It's saying, you know, wholeness and unwholeness. That's the opposite of wholeness. Um, but wholeness or, you know, they're flip side of this, the same coin. Right. That the greatest strength is often the greatest weakness. So mm. having a self-awareness. And say, actually, this is great, but I need some boundaries up to really protect me against these situations. I need to learn to say no to these types of things. Mm. Um, and so we can't change our basic personality. Mm. So aligning what we do with it. And I, I give the example of someone is a massive intro, introvert, and they are uniquely brilliant at something. But but if, if they are, having a job which involves them spending 10 hours a day talking to people, I'm not saying they won't be great at it, but they might get very, very, very tired. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and and so understanding, uh, so I, I love tennis, but to become a tennis coach, it's not love of tennis you need, it's love of teaching children. Right. Because you're never going to play properly again. You're going to be hitting balls with six-year-olds. Yeah. And so just trying to understand the, what you do needs to align with personality. Otherwise, mm. there will be friction. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I, and, and is that because that have you mentioned all five different points now? Because I have there's one more, uh, yeah, you tell me the last one, the final one after yeah. that. So, gifts, yeah. passions, weaknesses, limitations. Mm. Number four is personality, we can't change mm. Number five is motivations, right? And I've said this about them all that this is the most important one, but motivation is, is not what you're going to do, but why, mm. because it's all very well aligning everything, but if you can't be bothered. You know, so if someone says, ah, oh, if their motivations change in every season of life. So what motivated you 20 years ago might be different now. In some mm. seasons, it's all about getting money, to get on the housing ladder, to start a family, mm. uh, to, you know, there'll be a bunch of things. But later on, it could be making a difference. It, it could be building community connections. It could be legacy. I mean, it, every week we're hearing about a billionaire who two years before the end suddenly gives billions to... So suddenly they're thinking about legacy. Yeah, they are. They're different motivations. They're not mm. doing that to make money. They're doing that for entirely. So motivation is the fuel that will make us actually. Once people have figured out their true crisp version of themselves, that motivation is what will propel mm. them on the journey. So identifying what it is and being honest about mm. it.
um, which actually explains why some people, you know, one guy works at Goldman Sachs, works in the inner city, urban priority area now. Why? It's not for financial incentive. He was mm. motivated by something different, mm. and he's aligning with it. Yeah. And yeah. So understanding that is that's that's the fifth. Mm. And and it's interesting because going back right back to the beginning of our conversation mm. where you talked about um, sort of pivoting. You mentioned, and I made a mental note of this, you mentioned a number of occasions at the beginning of our conversation. And for those of you just tuning in now, go back to the beginning of this video after you've watched it. And yeah, obviously, grab, <laughs> I'm going to do a sales pitch. For no, you no, no. 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 <laughs> but, but you mentioned something that really stuck with me. And I know I've kind of come late to the party in this myself. Um, and that is the role of mentors in your life. And you did say about having, you know, good friends who are close mm. to you. But do you think there is something quite distinct about having somebody outside of your friendship group who also um, perhaps they're either professionally skilled as a mentor or a coach, or at least they have that sort of attitude, perhaps they're an older person. Do you feel, do you feel that those, it feels to me that those people, whoever they were, did actually have quite an important way of, important role of, of nudging you slightly on your roadmap mm. and helping you see things that you hadn't otherwise noticed? Absolutely, absolutely. So tell me, tell me a bit about the difference between then say, um, just like you know, your wife Hazel, who is obviously a very close friend and a, men a co-mentor, you mentor one another. But, but what, how would that differ from somebody outside of that? And, and how can people tap into that who don't have that kind of current exposure to people like that in their current lives? And maybe we can't answer that now. But yeah, so tell me a bit about the role of mentors. Mm. So I've I've been really really fortunate, um, and. Cannot commoditize wisdom. <laughs> right. There are people who've walked the walk for fifty years, right. who are wanting to are happy for the fruit of their life to grow on other people's trees, as it were. Wow, what a lovely way to put it. Um, mm. I still look. I still, <laughs> I'm sure I saw it on a mug somewhere. Um, <laughs> but I'm happy to say that. That's actually, really good. Actually, yeah, yeah, you're thinking I'm a poet. Yeah. No, well, I don't care where it's come from. I'm glad you said it. Yeah. That's news to me. But, but yeah. And hopefully news to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, so for example, you know, being told that do not obsess about destination on the, on the pivot. Don't obsess right. around where you're going. It's about the direction. Interesting. You know, it's like, okay, so that's a really simple sentence. No, no, but that's really but, interesting. But, but that's yeah. big. Yeah. Because actually, in the end, after all five, and with those five things, you end up, and this is just the way I've done as I'm sure other people could slice and dice similar things in different ways. But I've said there are, you have co coordinates on the map, but the first thing you need to do if you're lost in Bristol Zoo, you go to any map and there is a thing that says, you are here. That is the first thing. Mm. And because if you don't know where you are, the, the map isn't very helpful. And so once you know you are here, then those, those things, they tell you where you are and they're like coordinates on a map. And... They aren't there to give you a job description. Say, oh, therefore, you should be a landscape gardener right. specialising in tropical plants. <laughs> or you, you should write a book called Life Pillar. That, that, that's not happened. But what, what they do is they do, they are the edges to a 500-piece puzzle. The first thing you do in a 500-piece mm. puzzle, I don't because of my personality type. <laughs> my attention span is uh, about nine minutes um, if I haven't had any coffee. Um, but you... Once you've got that, you can progressively fill it in the middle. Or it's the lines on the roads that keep you out of the ditches. Mm. They, they don't tell you how to get where you're going, but they show you where the road is. So 
the coordinates, those five things, they all lead to truth about me statements. The things that are true. And the truth is, I, I gave them to a couple of friends who are beta reading, who are friends of mine. My friend Mitch read it, and he went through it all. He said, oh, the only thing is, I went through the truth about me statements. After each of those five things, there is a paragraph which mm-hmm. you fill in. Yeah. Which is hard, but submit it to your friends. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Change the mm-hmm. answer 400 times if you need to. But you need to fill in the paragraph. Yeah. And it is discoverable. Yeah. And then you read out all five of them together. And, and that's for some people be like, Da-da! <laughs> that's me. My friend Mitch said, actually, it, it felt foreign. And we were talking wow. about it, even though it was true. That's interesting. And that's so, really interesting. so much so that it was only three weeks ago that I updated the paragraph. Like, okay, what do you do when it doesn't resonate? Do you? Right. thanks Brad thanks Brad Uh, this is rubbish Um, and in the end we were talking about it at length and this is where harnessing relationships is essential even writing a book yeah so he he was saying but it is they are true but they don't resonate Mm. and so in the end we I came up with an analogy which uh, I do a lot of a, a family we knew who took their family sailing around the world and the kids were very very little and they learned to walk at sea and when they returned to dry land the kids were walking right like, like drunken sailors yeah yeah yeah. because they'd learned they had sea legs not land legs right and it took about three weeks for them to recover land legs yeah so the the false land felt more stable and sturdy than the real land mm-hmm. so that's the closest i've got to explain that's how it works. really 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 interesting oh my goodness because so, so the fact that it doesn't resonate with you may not be a sign that it's not authentic. It just, it's not, it's not been your experience. And where the head leads, the heart follows. Right. Feelings follow thoughts. And not, I'm not going to get into neuro-linguistic programming. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like talking about things I can't spell. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. The quote of the day. <laughs> But um, I'm sure, hopefully, someone watching us can tell me whether that is linked. If you're a neuro-linguistic programmer, uh, or whatever the job title for that is, um, but but it, it does that doesn't resonate. So, it, but it, it tells you what not to do. So when when you're exploring ideas, seeds of passion, when you're looking at things, you can end up with a filter. If you know these statements are true, you can score new ideas. Like, mm-hmm. oh, should I do this? Should I start my own business? Should I do that or that? You can score them alongside um, the reality. You end up with, uh, if I know I love new ideas and I love the formation, I love the people, mm-hmm. getting a job, and I actually give an example, a job leading a charity where I might do some of that, but the reality is I would be needing to keep stable ship and build on last year's efforts right i would be very far from the coal face right probably right. and it would be and, very frustrating and and there are things about it in terms of in terms of the my my motivation to make a difference and help other people 10 out of 10 definitely mm. yeah but that would be undermined by other things so so each of those those five things they do give a direction your question was about mentors. Yeah. No, cool. no I'm glad we... Uh, but but just to show, I mean, yeah. I've been talking for five minutes around one thing a mm. wise person says, someone in their 70s, around focus on direction, not destination. Mm. 
Um, and so I think connecting with friends, there are mentor networks. Peer mentoring is great, but most of my friends are at a similar age and stage to me. Right, right. And I'm fortunate yeah. I've got some really incredible friends who are mm. very, very wise. Mm. They work, um, they've worked in business, some of them in mental health, social work. They are people who care greatly for other people. Um, and so, so I think looking for that professional coaching, one of the things I'm exploring is, is this book the end of the journey or the start? Right. And mm. should, should I, there appears to be ox, oxygen on the subject, that people are saying, actually, I am in the 87%. I'm not flying. Mm. And do you really think it's possible to absolutely, to pivot in a way where I become 100% me again and pay the bills? <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that, then, that's, the, then, that's the elephant in the room, isn't it? It's yeah. the elephant in the room. And I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, well, sh should I on, entrepreneurially use my things to link care for people mm. with creating maybe a, a mental network to actually help people connect with people who are, are good at this and, and i don't i don't know i'm i'm going mm. to see, see see which bits are helpful yeah um, yeah but there are lots of coaches there are like there are so mm. many and i guess it's like anything there are people who are worth their weight in gold and other people you just don't click with mm. yeah that's um, interesting yeah but it's essential. I would say mm. it's essential because I only, I don't know what I don't know. I can't mm. see my blind spots. Right. It takes other people mm. to, as one friend said to me, Brad, you know, it seems like you've been in this situation three times where such and such didn't work out. And the only common denominator is you. <laughs> <laughs> A friend actually said that to me. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wasn't offended because I know yeah. he's for me and he's on my side. Yeah, yeah. But that is helpful, isn't it? Yeah. To them mm. not. Okay, maybe I need to think about that. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, Brad, it's been absolutely awesome um, discovering this book and interviewing <clears throat> you today. So just yeah. for, the, for the viewers and anyone listening in, if we turn this into a podcast at some point, where can people go to uh, have, uh, buy this book and find out more about what you're doing and uh, just really keep in touch yeah. with, with what's going on with, with, uh, with your new yeah. venture, really? Yeah, so, so there, there is a website called Life Pivot. .co.uk. Um, it's available on Amazon. It will be available elsewhere in Kindle and paperback. And if you're not in the UK, uh, or there's a bustle on the website for UK and US, if you're not there, just Google Life Pivot Brad Askew wherever you are, and you will get there. The thing I would really value are the Life Pivot stories, because I'd love to learn together, Yeah. harness pivots that have gone brilliantly because there, there are so many people who are coming up to me who are even on LinkedIn who are saying I pivoted that is so true I wish someone had told me right and, and I'd love to bring that experience and wisdom to the fore to help other people who are mm. you know four years behind in that journey right and yeah. so there's there's a Facebook group um, at life pivots yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so. we'll put that below the, the video so when, when this goes out online yeah. uh, end of if you're watching live and fantastic but after it's replayed you will have a link below yeah so uh, we yeah. can find out more information right. thank you so much right thank you so much today it's been brilliant awesome all right loved it all right cheers, cheers. and uh, we'll see you soon right. cool Update.